This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, this week's Pasha's Kairach. A lot of stuff to talk about in Pasha's Kairach. I don't know if I'm going to get to it, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about in Pasha's Kairach. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Well, that just doesn't make sense. If you, if you think about it, um, it does make sense, but we have to understand the sense of it. Like, why did he do this? Why did Korach do this a long time ago? If you're going against, if you're going against Hashem and Moshe and Aaron, that they were the leaders, so why'd you wait till now? Why'd you do this way before? And how, how do we do this? And Moshe Beno, the Maka, Mitzrayim, Paro, Kriyas Yamsuf. What is Korach thinking? Like, where's this coming from? Okay, well, we're, we're going to try to get to that. Um, but before we get to that, so last week we spoke about, um, footsteps, which is just getting worse and worse. Um, a whole week this week, it's all I'm dealing with is, Mamish, one, one family after another, my son, my son, my son, my son-in-law, my brother-in-law, 35, 30, 25, 26, married, kids, gone, done. Done with Yiddishkeit. Um, we also spoke last week about this, um, twisted parenting, which I called apicarsis. So, I, I just want to be very clear because I think some people misunderstood this, so it should be very clear. Avi Fishoff, is a friend of mine. Avi Fishov is a tzaddik. Okay, he he's a very fine, nice, sweet guy who, in his mind, is helping Klyestrol. Okay, he doesn't take money. He sits with people for six hours, ten hours for free. Um, I did not call Avi Fishov an apikaris. Twisted parenting is apikarsis. What is being taught? And what is being told, in my opinion, again, we're going back to, this is my opinion. Everyone has a right to their opinion. Um, I never sat in his six-hour class. I don't feel that I have to uh, be brainwashed or sit there because I talk to the parents who come from that class and who are exercising what are they're taught in that class, and they tell me what they're taught. Um, so, is he an apicurus? He's not an apicurus. He's a tzaddik. He's from... He's... He, he's, he brought the Siva Shalom into Flatbush... He's a very good guy, but I think that twisted parenting, what he's preaching, what they're learning, what they're teaching, is 100% apicarsis. Um, the therapeutic world, the people that I deal with, who are on a very high level, think that it's absolutely ridiculous. They don't call it apicarsis, but they think that, that they feel that it's absolutely ridiculous to give someone everything that they want is called enabling. And the more you enable a person, the weaker, the, 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 the more you, you're on crutches, the weaker your muscles become. Everything in the spiritual world, in the physical world, the, the, the Zaya talks about it, um, uh, Rav Chaim Vital talks about it, they all mirror each other. It's the way it is. And if you're on a crutch for a very long time, you don't have any leg muscles and you have to go get physical therapy. The more you're on a crutch, the more you enable somebody, actually, the weaker the person becomes, not the stronger. It's the way it works. So that's why um, anyone who learns PT, physical therapy, um, if they're very, very nice people and very soft and sweet, they're a miserable physical therapist. Because when the person has a stroke and they do not want to move and it hurts or it doesn't hurt or it's hard or someone gets an accident and they have broken bones and it's hard and it's ow and leave me alone and I need knee surgery and I can't do it and the person's like, okay, okay, that's it for today. This guy's never walking. So they're drill sergeants. I, I had an operation on my knee. 
the drill sergeants. It's like, get out of bed. I'm like, I can't. My foot swollen like this when I had my knee surgery. Get out of bed. I'm like, I can't. Well, I'll show you that you can. I'm like, what, what are you? <laughs> like, Hello? Right? He pushed me and he pushed me and he pushed me. I remember the first time he asked me to bend my knee. And he was like in degrees, 30 degrees, 80 degrees, 90 degrees. He's like, you got it 30 degrees. I'm like, I'm, I, I, you're killing me. You're killing me. He's like, no, you'll see what I'll let you know when I'm killing you. Right? So, hello, what are you crazy? And the answer is, yeah, Hashem. I was able to play ball and I never had knee surgery. I had knee surgery when I was 16. I played ball my whole life. So yeah, it hurt and I worked and I worked in a lot of exercise that really hurt. Yeah, you have to sweat to build muscle. If I tell you, it's okay, you know, don't, don't worry, you know, have a here's a bag, take some ice cream, here's a bag of potato chips. You're not building muscle, you're building fat. So, so, in the therapeutic world, it's like, what are you enabling these kids? You're, they're gonna grow up to be what? Like, like, if you give your kid everything, their wife's not gonna give them everything, and their boss is not gonna give them everything. So, so that's part of growth, and, and I have to tell you that, I'll tell you, so I spent the whole Shabbos because there are certain things that do bother me, and I spent the whole Shabbos learning Rav Chaim Vital, Sefer HaGugulim. And, and, it's, there's some of the stuff that's in there is very painful. And, 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 you know, I think about Hashem, like, why, you know, Gehenim talks about Gehenim and all this, like, like, what's up with Gehenim? Like, you're God, and like, why can't you just, like, pardon us, like the president? It's like, oh, he's my son, so he sinned, okay, it's over, his life's over anyway. Why punish him? You know, put him in Ganeiden, give him all his goodies. Right? Why can't Hashem do that? Is that, is that the Hashem everybody wants? Hashem everybody wants. Like, do it. I messed up. You know, you come up to your father, you're like, I messed up, you know? He doesn't throw you to Gehenim. Right? So I, I, I spent the whole Shabbos on this. And in the end, and, and it's in this week's Pasha. Okay, we'll talk about it in this week's Pasha. In the end, it's, it's like I said a long time ago, it's consequence. And, and Hashem wants the Neshama to be with Him. But to be with Him, it just has to be on a certain level. You just, you know, when you go from the minor league to the pros, you just have to be on a certain level. So, the work that you have to do to get into the pros is not a punishment. It's not a punishment. So in the end, very fascinating, beginning of Seifel Gugulim, you have to hear this. So, you know, a lot of people said to me, I don't believe in Gugulim, whatever it is. You know, literature world, they don't believe in Google. I'm like, you know what, they don't want to talk about Google. They don't want to talk about Ayn Hara. They don't believe in Ayn Hara either. Because if, you, if you're going to start learning Google, you're going to start learning Ayn Hara, then everything that goes wrong in your life, you're going to say, oh, I got an Ayn Hara. Meanwhile, you didn't put on Tzolim, you didn't dab, and you didn't keep Shabbos. Right? I have these irreligious people all the time that are coming to me like, you know, um, I just lost my job. I think someone gave me an Ayn Hara. I'm like, you don't keep Shabbos. You don't eat kosher. <sighs> Like, hello, maybe you're getting a little bit, like, consequence for what you do? Oh, somebody in my family has an evil eye. So, that, that, that world, like, they, they don't want the Yiddish guy to learn about these things, because all of a sudden, you start blaming everything. It has nothing to do with you, it's like, Ayn Hara. Same thing with Gilgal, you know, this happened because I'm a Gilgal. I wanted to do this because I'm a Gilgal. So, you, it's another excuse not to own your stuff. Ayn Hara. And Gilgal is another excuse not to own your stuff. So that, so, so a lot of the Chachamim and Tzadikim of this generation, other generations are like, we don't, we're not into Gilgal. We don't want to talk about Gilgal, and we don't, and Ayn Hara, even though the Gemara says, forget the Gemara, don't forget the Gemara, but there's a Rashi, and the Rashi says by, 
by, um, by, by Yishmael, so it says that hugger carried him on her shoulders. Why are you carrying a, 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 a teenager on your shoulders? Why could he walk? Says Rashi, because he was sick. He had fever, home. How did he get sick? We know that Yaakov Avinu used to die by sneezing, right? Yaakov Avinu died for sickness, so he shouldn't just drop dead, you should be able to do tshuva. So how was Yishmael sick, asked Rashi. Yishmael was before Yaakov Avinu. Shesim sara imenu ayin hara. She put an ayin hara in Yishmael. So Rashi says it's such a thing ayin hara. I can get up and say it's such a thing ayin hara. Oh, well, if you don't believe it, it doesn't affect you. So Yishmael shouldn't have believed in it. And he wouldn't have been sick. Hello? I got a better Rashi. Rashi says that the second time that we got Matan Torah, so there was no lightning, and there was no thunder, and the earth didn't shake, and fire, and smoke, no show. Came down, Moshe Abenu, second Luchos, quiet, have a good day, here's the Luchos, nothing. Rashi says, why? This is because when Hashem gave us the first, listen to this, the Rashi, when Hashem gave us the first Luchos, because there was so much in the world, Lightning and thunder and the world shook, right? So the Goyim of the world gave Christ for an Ayin Hara, so the Luchos were broken. Now, what do you mean? They made the Egel. Ah! Rashi says. So the second time Hashem said, let's do this quietly. But Hashem knew it! That's all the past, present, that's all that past, present, future, Bechira business. Well, the Maestro Rashi says, so how could you say this? No, I know the Gemara says, Tutanam were walking by a cemetery, they said 99% of the people in the cemetery died because of Ayin Hara. Not every cemetery, but that cemetery. They say you don't believe in Ayin Hara. What do you mean you don't believe in Ayin Hara? Rashi says you're in Ayin And the answer is, believe in Ayin Hara, that everything in your life is because of an Ayin Hara, that someone pours some lid over your head, you don't have to keep Shabbos, but nothing's going to happen to you. That's the reason. Same thing with Gilgal. It's, it's not me. It's, it's the other guy. It's in me. I got Gilgul going on. I'm Kukuruku because I, you know, I was last time, this time, next time. So better not learn it, right? For those people who are looking for an excuse. We're looking not to own their stuff. But if you want to own your stuff, then you should learn it. Not you guy. You have to get a little older, but it's, it's very scary. So, so the Shabbos, I was learning it, and I, you know, I'm learning about all the, what happens after death, and it's like really scary. So, but the more I looked into it, the more I understand that a Kishbuchu does love us, and it's not a punishment, and it's, it's to take you to a different level, so he, 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 he has to clean the neshama. You can't wear the dirty suit at the wedding. So, why are there gugulim? This is fascinating. The first beginning of Sefer Gugulim. Why are there gugulim? Just put people in Gehenna and clean them up. Why do they have to come back here again? So I always thought because you're a Bainini. No, wrong. Totally wrong. Because, and... There are many more men Gilgulim than women. Actually, women don't usually have a Gilgul unless they cause the man to sin. Then they got to come back with the man, fix it, whatever. But most women don't have Gilgulim. Men have Gilgulim. Why? Because if you learn Torah, the Aish of Gehenim cannot affect you. So the only way to fix it is to come back to this world. Yeah? We are Russia. Did you learn Torah? The Ace of Gehenim doesn't fix you, doesn't burn you. Tell Lishma, tell not Lishma, I didn't get all clarity on it, whatever it is. But, so therefore, since, since Gehenim can't affect him, but he, had, but he didn't fix what he did, he's gotta come fix, you gotta fix it. So you can either take him to the cleaners, right, or you can fix it. So, therefore, men come down on Google, but women don't have a mitzvah learning Torah, 
So in the old days, women didn't learn Tyra. If they didn't learn Tyra, they weren't protected from Gehenim, so that they didn't have to come back. They got fixed up there. But now that they learn Tyra, could be that they learn Tyra, so they have to come back. Tyra protects you. It's unbelievable. That's what, anyway, that's the whole thing of Gilgal. And this, this week is the proof of Gilgal at a very high level. Crazy story. I'll read it to you from Navas Chaim on Amish Rabbeinu and, 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 and Kairach. But, going back to the first subject, enabling and this whole thing of, oh, you want a, a non-kosher franc, I'll buy it for you. And much worse things than eating a franc even. I'll make sure that, you know, you have the room and the sheets are all done, you know, we'll take care of you. So, one of the people that go to this twisted parenting told me that one of the proofs, background of this enabling, is God enabled. What happened? First Avera. Adam and Chava ate from the tree. What happened? They realized they weren't dressed. Says the Pasik, They did a bad thing. They ate from the tree. Therefore they realized they didn't have clothing. Who made them the clothing? Hashem made them the clothing out of, out of leather for them to wear. He enabled them. He should have said, you messed up. Get out! And get new clothing on your own. So this person who, because of my last week's share, who goes to this twisted parenting thing, said to me, Yeah, see? Hashem bought him the clothing. So first of all, Hashem didn't make him do an Avera. He didn't buy him a franc. But second of all, you learned this whole thing totally wrong. Totally wrong. If you listen to Rabbi Wallstein's voracious, uh, what I said, I told her anytime. First of all, I said, number one, in twisted parenting, Hashem threw Adam and Chava out of Gan Eden. Oh my God! He threw him out of the house. First rule, you never throw your child out of the house. Hey God, you didn't, uh, you don't get the right chinuch going on here. Hashem threw them out of Gan Eden. He should have said, come back, come live here, I'll build you a house. He said, you're never coming back. Not only are you not coming back, but I'm putting two guards with a turned over sword. If you try to come back, it's off with your head. Now, as nice as we are as human beings, and as smart as we are, and as sweet as we are, there's no bigger rachman than a kushbarach. And if we're going to learn chinuch, you got to learn it from God. So I don't ha. You threw him out of the house? Because they ate from the tree. You should have built them a bigger house in Gan Eden. God didn't learn twisted parenting. <laughs> and then, guess what happened? Not only that, he said to her, every month, you're going to be in pain. Every month. And not only that, when you give, when you give birth, you're also going to be in pain. And you, the guy who ate from the tree, you... You're going to have to work the rest of your life. And both of you, no more living forever. You're going to die. You're going to die. So, I, I don't see where Hashem enabled here. He was very straight up. There's a consequence that you ate from the tree. And the consequence that you ate from the tree is that you will die. And the consequence of the eating from the tree is that you no longer live in Ganeiden. In Ganeiden, you didn't have to work. Outside of Ganeiden, you do have to work. So now you have to go to work and make your own money to support yourself 
so that you can eat. I am no longer supporting you. This is a crazy story over here. He threw him out of the house and took away his credit cards. That's what he did. He threw him out of the house and he said, I'm no longer supporting you. You've got to go feed yourself. Till now, in Ghanaian, he didn't have to work. Now, all of a sudden, he has to work. There is such a thing as consequence. But on the other hand, Hashem said, you need clothing. You need clothing. So the whole thing of the clothing came very interestingly. When Adam, when Hashem asked Adam, how do you know you're not dressed? Adam said, the woman who you gave me, gave me from the tree. Says Rashi, because he said that he was a kafri toiv. Where's the kafri toiv? He said the truth. The woman that you gave me, I didn't lie. She gave me the eat from the tree. The answer is, what he should have said is, the woman gave me from the tree, but he threw it back in God's face. The woman who you gave me, sort of like you give your kid an ice cream, and the kid takes the ice cream and smears it all over his shirt, and you're like, what are you doing? And the kid says, you gave me the ice cream. He said, you crazy, I gave you the ice cream to eat. Right? I didn't give you the, I didn't give you the woman that you should do a sin. So he threw it back in God's face. The woman you gave me. She said, the woman I gave you? I gave it to you because you were lonely. Because no animal did you match up with. I gave this woman to you because you were lonely. Don't, don't throw back what I did for you in my face. So he should have said, the woman. The woman you gave me? Says Rashi Kafaitov. To Psukumaira it says, Hashem says to him, a person who's a kafri taif, a person who has no appreciation, Hashem says to him, ay, ay, ay. You come from dust and you go to dust. From afar, adama, afar, adama is earth, afar is sort of dust. From dust, nothing grows. From a person who's a kafri taif, nothing grows. You, you made a mistake no problem you own up to it own your own stuff what happened here this is my share from three weeks ago and I should have mentioned this the first Avera this is nothing new Chava did not own her own stuff Adam did not own his own stuff Adam said not my fault Chava made me do it Chava said not my fault the snake made me do it neither one of them owned their stuff and said I did it and look at the punishment that we, not the punishment but the consequence that we got and Hashem never took us back into Gan Eden and Hashem didn't give us back living forever and Hashem didn't say you don't have to work anymore and Hashem didn't take away from the woman the pain of childbirth so where does this come from that you just give and you give and you give and there's no consequence so what happened was Akush Baruch Hu gave him another chance because he learned a lesson his punishment was he's going back to the he comes from dirt he's going back to the dirt so Shem said to him maybe he got maybe he learned his lesson give your wife a name give your wife a name I didn't name your wife give your wife a name now what Adam should have given her name was Misa Mishuna she brought death to the world had he not had she not given him to eat from the tree he would have lived forever she brought death to the whole world we all die because Chava ate from the tree and gave it to him. She brought death to the world. But Adam learned his lesson. And Adam said, Chava, let's call her Chava Ki Eim Kochai. Because she's the mother of life. But she's not the mother of life. She's the mother of death. She brought death in. But he already heard her curse. 
And her curse was that she's going to bring all the children into the world and she's going to suffer. She said, I'm going to give her a name. Instead of focusing on how she hurt me and the, and the negative that she did to the world, I'm going to have a curse that to the good that she did to the world. What's the good? She's going to bring children in the world, not me. And she's going to go through all that pain and she's still going to bring children in the world. Aim klochai. I'll let my lesson. I'm not a coffee type. I'm focusing on the other person's pain. Not what the other person did to me, but what the other person's going through because of what they did to me. So Naridika Khidish says, Hashem, if you focus on the other person's pain, Allah has kama kama, I'm God, I have to focus on your pain and not what you did to me. And therefore the next part is Vayasas Kasmas are Hashem said, I'm focusing on your pain. Your pain is you have no clothing. He made them clothing. It's not twisted parenting. It's the opposite. It's a karas hatoiv. It's amazing. That Akash Baruch Hu said, if a human being is able to focus, even though he, she hurt him terribly, she hurt him for life. She hurt him for life. Terribly. Now give her a name. Oh man, I would have given her a name. But not in Kochai. He's like, Listen, she's going to give birth. She's going to take all this pain. Chava in kolchai. Hashem said, if that's the case, you're focusing, even though she hurt you, so you did something wrong, I'm not going to focus on what you did wrong. I'm going to focus on what you're missing. You're missing clothing. I'm going to, I'm going to get you clothing that you could wear this clothing and go right up to an animal to hunt them because they can't smell the human being. And that was the clothing that Nimrod had. And that was the clothing that Asaph stole from Nimrod. That's what was the Yasla Kassasar. Not, well, if your kid did something wrong, go out and buy him a new suit. That's not what happened over here. Not at all. Just the opposite. Because you're able to focus on the good, I have to focus on the good, said Hashem. Okay. Anyway. So, you know my feelings, it's my opinion, whatever it is. And, what will be, will be. Now, let's talk about the ultimate Gilgal. Okay? Let's go back to... So, so and, 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 and learning, and learning... Say for Gugulim, you see that Taka a neshama comes back to this world to fix it. It could be three neshamas. It's very involved. It's not. It's not so simple. I realized when I started learning this that what you see is not what you get. There's a lot, a lot. He even asked the question by Tchilas Mason, which body comes back? Very, very fascinating. Very fascinating. So, impartious, voracious. Cain kills Hevel. By Yomer, Hashem says, well first Hashem asks him, Yomer Hashem al-Kayin, Ehev al-Chicha, where is Hevel? By Yomer, lo yodati, Hashem al-Achi anachi, Cain says to Hashem, I don't know, do we, what am I watching my, he was very chutzpahdik, I watched my brother, Yomer Mosisa, Hashem said, what did you do? Call, so carefully, the voice of the blood of your brother is screaming to me from the ground. And now, you will be cursed from the land that opened up its mouth. To take the blood from of your brother from your hands. Okay? Now. Abbas Chaim brings down very fascinating that I sort of in a few svarim that 
He reads now from the Yalkut David, a sefer called Yalkut David. Shikorach hoi Gilgul Kayin. Korach was a Gilgul Kayin. Umosha hoi Gilgul Havel. And Moshe was a Gilgul of Havel. V'yesh mishoimer shibu'oisa ha-makom shinibla Korach, the place that Korach was swallowed up. Shoma makom shinari Havel is in the same place that Havel was killed. Okay, now. So I'm, I'm, I don't have to read it from inside. I can tell it from outside. In, in Gilgal, in Tikkun, you have to you have to go through the same situation that you failed. You're put into exactly the same situation in the same place with the same avera. And if you pass it, you fix it. If it's any other any other um, what's the word I'm, I want to use? Any other parts? Any other pieces that are not the same? Then it's not fair. It's not the same game. It's not the same. It has to be exactly the same spot. So, same situation, same spot. So what happened? According to the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, in the fifth parak, it says, there were ten things that were created, Ben Hashemosh's Erev Shabbos. One of them was Pia'asam, by Bilam, and one of them was Pia'aretz, the mouth of the, of the earth. In Pasha's Noah, in Pasha's Cain was jealous of Hevel because Hevel's carbon of animals was accepted by God and Cain's carbon of vegetables and not good vegetables was not accepted by God. So he was declaring God al Hevel because his carbon was accepted and Cain was a nobody because his carbon was not accepted. So he was jealous of his brother. Kairach was jealous, Kairach was Kayin, was jealous of Moshe who was Havel, that Aaron was the Kohen Gadol, and his Korban, he could bring Korbanos, and he could not bring Korbanos. The exact same jealousy that happened by Kayin and Havel, happened by Kairach and Moshe. Now, according to the Mishnah, Ben Hashemoshois, Erev Shabbos, the mouth of the earth was created. But there's only one mouth of the earth. And since in Pashat Bereshis, Hashem says, that the, the, the ground opened up its mouth to swallow the blood of your brother. And here in this week's Pasha of Kairach, says the mouth of the earth opened up to swallow Kairach Badasai. But if the Mishnah says there's only one mouth that was created by Hashemasha, it means it has to be the same mouth. Which means it has to be the same place. So we know now that they were in the same place with the same Yetzirah of Kinnah. Because it was only one mouth, and a mouth swallowed the blood of Hevel, and a mouth swallowed Koirach, and Hashem only created one mouth of the earth, it has to be in the same place. But even bigger. What's the punishment? What was the punishment of Koirach? So it brings down, Medrash brings down other places, it brings down that there was an Arab, and he found a place in the desert where Koirach was swallowed up, and if you put your ear to the ground, you can hear Koirach saying, Moshe Emes Vesaras Emes. He's in hell, he's in Gehenna. Where, that's where he is and he's saying and the, the children of him actually did tshuva they didn't go with their father to Moshe and they were put in a room below the earth but not in Gehenna what's the Mida Kenega Mida what's his punishment Mida Kenega Mida why did Hashem do that what kind of punishment that being down in the earth screaming Moshe Emes what's the punishment Hashem said, what did you do? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from inside the earth. 
So now that he did it again, the Mida Kenega Mida is that he's again, him alive in Adama. Same words. He's screaming from the earth. But what is he screaming? Moshe Mephesarasayamas. So it's Mamish, same place, same, same, uh, Aveira, right? Same Taiva, and same punishment. You want to know about Gilgal? That's Gilgal. Same place, same thing. And if you don't fix it, you gotta try it, you gotta do it again. Sometimes you have to come back as a daimem, and then it's a meach, and that's, that's a mice. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Neshama doesn't want to come back to this world. So, like we spoke about last week, when you're going through a test, and it's very hard to get through the test, you know you've been there before, and you need to get through that test. And it's gonna be hard, because you've been there before and you failed. So when you're in a shama, there's a failure on that test. You failed the test once. You failed your driving test once. So sometimes it's good because now you know what you got wrong. And sometimes it makes it easy to fail again. So this was this week's Pasha. And Pasha's Kairach, this is what happened. Mamish and Gilgo, Moshe against Kairach, and you see what happened in the end. Now, it's very drastic. It's very drastic. And I think we, we've spoken about this before, that in my sheer rationalization... It's unbelievable. Because if you, if you look at Pasha's Kairach, it's not much unbelievable. There's some very heavy questions here. And you know what? I'm going to ask a question that the people are watching. I saw Teruza, but nothing, nothing like rock me. Um, listen to this. First of all, I want to thank Mr. Weber from Muncie. He, he remembered a question I asked last year in my Shir, Pasha's Kairach. And he called me today and he gave me the answer and I love it. Uh, my question was that we know the whole story with Om Ben Peles, right? With Om Ben Peles. So, he brings out a Yikach. What did he take? He doesn't say Yikach Anashim, that he took people, right? So, Yikach he took himself aside out of everyone else. He took himself. There was an eye. He an eye. He took himself out of everybody else to start his own his own following. And it says, ben Pelos, ben Ruben. And there was this guy named Oben Pelos, ben Ruben. But then when everybody dies, his name's not there. He didn't die with them. So everyone asks, where was he? So his wife was very smart. Women had Bina. So he came home, he was all excited. Oh, we're going to go. We're going to throw Moshe and Aaron. They don't, you know, they, these, these brothers, they're inside, of, they're inside trading over here. And they, uh, they made all this up. Hashem never spoke to them. And Moshe said to Hashem when he, when he first came to him in the desert that they're going to say, you never showed up to me, you never spoke to me. Right? You didn't, you didn't hear that until this point, right? He's, he's, he, they're coming out there saying, like, you made all this up. You made your brother. You know, what is that called in English? It's an English word. What? Nepotism. You hire your sister, you hire your brother, you know. There's nepotism, they said, right? So this guy, Omen Pellis, comes home, he's telling his wife, Rebellion! She's like, What's going on? He's like, We've got this guy, Kairach, and he's going up against Moshe, we got a whole following going, man. Got a whole following. We're going to dethrone him and his brother, and we're going to run the world, and we're going to. Kulam Kedashim! Then you know you're in big trouble, guys. That was the worst words in the whole portion. The minute they said that, you're done. If you would have said, listen, we're all lowlifes, and we're rebelling, and we're sinning, right? Okay, you got a chance, you're gonna do tshuva. But they didn't come by, they came to, we're holy. This is just a derech. This is the derech. Kulam Kedashim, who are you? You think you're special? We're all holy. Hey, Moshe Benonu, forget about it. They're all rabbis. Forget about it. 
Rabbi Gifter said the best. The Mishnah Pirkei any machlekes, right? Like Bishama Beitzilol, that's uh, that's the Shem Shemayim is going to be here forever. Machlekes, right? Rav and Shmuel, Abay and Rozo. It'll never be miskayim. See, he said a, a different type. He said Kol machlekes Shem Shemayim. If both sides on the fight are saying they're doing it Shem Shemayim, then Kol machlekes Shem Shemayim. Sofer lekayim. It's going to the machlekes the, the, the is going to be forever. So if you have machlekes and you know you're, you're, you're a bad guy, you know what I mean. You, you're arguing with the rabbi. You're going to maybe you're going to do tshuva. But if you're like in the name of God, like ISIS, they knew right away when ISIS came out. Everyone said you're never going to be able to stop them. If they say we're murderers and killers and rapists and then the lowest guys in the world, okay, we can talk to them. They're like, oh, this is jihad. This is for God. This is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to kill. Mitzvah to kill. What are you doing? You can't talk to these people. So the minute he came and said, Kulam Kedoshim, he didn't say he wants a job, he wants to be the Kohen God, he wants to be the leader. No, we're all equal, equality, equality. Doesn't work. There has to be some type of domino effect. There has to be, you can't have all the sailors in the boat being the captain of the boat, then the boat goes down, right? So, that's, that's what they wanted. That's what they were saying. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted to be the leader. So, so, so she tells Omar and Pelos, she's like, comes home to his wife, like, this is it, man. Enough of Moses. Enough of this. We're gonna, we'll take it over. Hostile takeover of the Jewish nation. She's like, so, like any good woman, so what's your position? Like, are you president, treasurer, secretary? Like, what are you guys fighting for? He goes like, leadership and kahuna gedola. Kohen gadol. She goes, well, who wants to be Kohen Gadol? Korach. Who wants to be the leader? Dasan. We'll learn about this soon. So, what are you going to be? Uh, nothing. She's like, so if you're wrong and you get punished, you're going to get punished. What's the, it, but, but if you're right, you get nothing. So like, if he really is the Kohen and you bring a, a Ketores in front of Hashem and you're a czar, you're going to die. For what are you dying? You know you're not the, you don't even claim to be the Kohen Gadol, right? He was from Ruvain. He wasn't a Levi. He had no shot. He wasn't from Shevet Levi. He had no shot here. Korach was saying, I'm a Levi. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I'm from Levi. I'm from Levi. Oh, my puzzle's from Ruvain. He had no shot when you get caught up. Machlekes. Get caught up. Machlekes. Doesn't make any sense. So, he was going to go anyway. So she gave him to drink. She put him to sleep. She sat at the, at the, at the doorway and she uncovered her hair. And all these from guys who are going against Moshe, against Aaron, against Hashem, right? <gasps> this lady has her hair uncovered. We don't want this guy. A guy whose wife has her hair uncovered, he's not for us. Kulim Kedoshim. We're Shem Shemayim. So they, they said, no, this... So my kasha last year is, why don't you wear a short skirt? What's with the hair? Why don't you uncover her hair? How did they know that her hair was uncovered? Maybe she was wearing a shaitel. It's much from here that they didn't wear shaitels in those days. They covered their hair with, with a hair covering. So her hair was uncovered. She was married. They came to his house and her hair was uncovered. It wasn't a shaitel because a shaitel today, you wouldn't know. They would know, they would know if it's her hair or not her hair. So she wasn't wearing a shaitel. So her hair was uncovered. They said they were out of here and they left. So my question last year was, what was, why was that the move? Maybe she should have put on a pair of pants or wore a short skirt. In those days, the hair was locked. We don't get provoked by hair today, but in, in, in previous 
They cover the hair. The Svadim today cover the hair. Rabbi Vadya, they, they don't wear shade. Well, they have to cover your hair. Your hair is covered with a, with a hair cover, with a, with a cloth. With a, yeah, with no, no. What? Last year you asked to why the Korach don't cover her hair. My question was, why did she uncover her hair? Well, she knew that what she was about to do would drive them away. That's why she did it, right? What was she trying to tell Korach? So today he told me a pshat, Weber from, from Muncie, and he said, oh, who said it? Oh, that she was telling him that just like every hair on your head is separate and has its place, in Klai Yisrael, every person has its place. So she specifically showed her hair. You have a, you have a full head of hair, but every hair has a place on your head. So every hair, every person in Klai Yisrael has a place in Klai Yisrael. And therefore, one hair doesn't take the position of another hair. They, they're next to each other. And it's not, you can't say it's too esoteric because it's, it's written. And, and a second will come to my head who said it. Very big, very big person. Very big person. I have to remember who said it. So that way it was a simon. He's trying to show him something. It wasn't stopped that she uncovered her hair. She said, yeah, a person's here. Maybe she even said it to him. He probably said, why are you here uncovered? She said, look, what are you doing? Every person has this position. Moshe is Moshe, Aaron's Aaron. You're, you're, you're a levy. You carry, you're supposed to carry parts of the Mishkan. Every hair on my head has a place. No two hairs are in the same follicle. So why are you any different? It'll come to me who said it. Very big, very big, very big. Oh, the Ben Yoda. <laughs> ben Yoda writes this. So let's, I thank him publicly for calling me today and giving me that terrence. I'm sure there's other terrence, but that's, that's what Ben Yoda says. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. I know you take a kasha. I don't have a know you take a terrace, but I have a know you take a kasha. No, as I told you, I've gifted said, when both sides say the Lashem Shemayim, Shaitha this kind, they're going to argue forever. What? What about the second part? No, if they're arguing Shalai Lashem Shemayim, it won't end the fight, it'll stop. When both sides are like, I'm doing this for God, they're never going to give up. He said, but when, when both sides are not L'shem Shemayim, it'll talk and the fight will be over. They'll realize they're, they're acting bad. When both sides are like, no, this is what you have to do in the name of God, forget about it. It'll be forever. That's what Rabbi Gifta said. But let's say it's You're not following it. He was making fun. He was saying, not, not really L'shem really Shemayim, he was saying, but when you have Machlekes, and both sides are like, saying, I'm doing it for God, it'll be forever, right? You have that? Come on. It's not that late. Listen to this. You have to understand who Moshe Rabbeinu is. It's what you understand who Moshe Rabbeinu is. So, so. Vayikalo Moshe velaroi vayom aleim rav lachem ki kol aida kulum kedoshim umaduat es nasar kolashnei vayishma Moshe vayipal apanov. Why, when Moshe heard this, did he fall on his face? This was the first time, the first time in the history of Klai Yisrael that Levi broke. In Mitzrayim, Levi didn't work because they were the Rabbeim. And by the, by the, by the, by the, Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Mila Hashem Eli, Levi answered the call. By the Moraglim, they didn't send anyone because they have no property in Eretz Yisrael. So they were not punished at all. Levi was not punished at all when it came to the Moraglim. They weren't supposed to die in the 40 years. Levi was always Kaddish. Levi was always separate. 
he never expected that Shevet Levi would do this. So Yipol Alpanov, he fell on his face and he said, Kairach, Levi, you guys? My tribe? You, you mean Hashem Eli? You answer the call. What do you learn from this, boys? How could you answer the call to Mila Hashem Eli? It says that the Levim went ahead and they killed their own cousins. Right? Their own cousins or brother-in-laws or whatever it is, they killed them. Whoever served the Egel, they killed without Rachmanus. So they were to Hashem like, forget about it. And they were in, in, in Goshen. They were the Rabbeim. How could they go so off? Kairach v'chol adosai. They were Levim. How did they go so off? The Mila Hashem like guys? Who, who took over from the Bechorim because they answered the call with the Chafetz Chaim told Rav Schwab, do you know why I'm a Kayan and you're not? Because my great great grandparents answered the call, Mila Hashem and Lai. How could they of all, all these years, they never ever, they were always behind us, behind Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, Al-Chap. And the Teretz is, that the greatest of the greatest, who Levian were, when it comes to covered, when it comes to when you feel you've been wronged and that someone else got a position that you thought you would get covered Misha says takes a person out of the world that's how powerful covered is they were tzaddikim they were they were Hashem's private army they were his private his private guard they fell apart here Karach fell apart with the whole following they fell apart why? covered it's the power for us to teach how corrupt covered is. You know, it's a funny thing to say about old people. Old people, pretty much all the Yetzirahs are gone. Right? The Gemara says the one Yetzirah that's left, right? Women is not a Yetzirah anymore. Food is not a Yetzirah anymore. You're 80 years old. A little food, not a little food, whatever. So the Yetzirah a person always has, the Gemara says, is money. Right? But, you know, you meet some old people that are like, money's not anymore. They're not, they're not in business anymore, whatever it is. But covered, covered it for, so you're in the ground. And maybe when you're in the ground, you're counting how many people came to the Yolavaya. I don't know. And, and, and who spoke? And who told him to speak? And he didn't say enough good about me. Whatever, I don't know. I don't know what happens when you leave, when you're, right? But covered, 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 might see us at other men. This was lazy, man. This wasn't, this wasn't a Rav. This is not the guys we spoke about last week. This was not Ariv Rav. This was not slaves coming out of a tribe with a slave mentality. This was Shevet Levi who were never slaves. Covered and a bad wife. Covered and a bad wife. We'll see. When I read you the story, what she did. Covered and a bad wife. That's, that's the Kayach. He fell on his face. Anyway, listen, just, so, so he goes on. How corrupt a person can become. So, who are these two guys that were the biggest enemies of Moshe? The two guys that he saved. From here, you learn when you when you work in the Rabbin that you know no good deed goes unpunished. Dust and Vaviram were the ones that the, that were being beaten up by the by the by the by the Arab that he killed, the Egyptian that he killed him for that. Moshe, Moshe was thrown out of Egypt, right? So, so it brings down last week, if you look at Pasha Shlach, very interesting, because I, I never knew this, I saw this when I prepared this year. It says that when, when Kleistro said, um, after the Maradim said what they did, and Kleistro said they want to go back, right? They said, 
Vayolino al Moshe al Aaron. They they complained to Moshe and Aaron. Why did you bring us to this place to die? Right? Okay, Pesach says. And one man said to the other, Let us let us hire new leaders. Let's get new leaders and go back to Mitzrayim. Who are these new leaders? So they didn't just say, Moshe. Take us back to Mitzrayim. They said, you're done. Get us new leaders and let's go back to Mitzrayim. So I saw today in the Sefer, who are the two leaders? Dustin and Aviram. Dustin was going to be Moshe, was going to lead Israel, and Aviram was going to be the Kohen Gadol. And that's why they were in this whole thing with Koirach. They decided that, even though we lost on that one, they, we, didn't, we didn't go back to Mitzrayim. But you know what? It got into their head. You know, maybe I'm Moshe Abenu. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I should be Aaron Cohen. So over here, Moshe Rabbeinu, Dostum Aviram never left him alone. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to make peace. Maybe I could change their mind. We're not going. Moshe we're not going. Now listen to how corrupt a human being can become. Listen to how what a kafi tov a person can be. Hama'at, is it not enough? You took us out of a land that flows with milk and honey by Midbar to take us to, to die in the Midbar? What are you talking about? Okay, a few weeks ago the Pasha said, why did you take us out of Mitzrayim? We had fish for free, we had watermelon, we had pickles. Dostum and Vira Mahira saying in public to Moshe Rabbeinu, you took us out of the land of Eretz, Zavaz, Chalud, Vash, what are you talking about? You were slaves in Mitzrayim! You were slaves of the tribe. They didn't give you bread. They didn't give you hay. Dustin Rabbeinu was so corrupt. After a while, you believe your story so much. They said, they used the same words that Hashem used about going into Eretz Yisrael. Why did you take us out of a land that flows with milk and honey? Egypt flowed with milk and honey? Was Egypt ever described as a land that flows with milk and honey? It had the Nile River, but Eretz Zavachal of the Vosh? Yeah. What happens to a person? That's that's footsteps. You get so corrupted in your head that you actually believe your own story. You actually believe that Mitzrayim was the land of Eretz Zavos That was it. Have a good day. Finito. Do not do not listen to them. And the first time Moshe ever said to Hashem. Um, even if they daven, I don't want you to listen to their tefillos. So everybody asks, this is a very important lesson for all of us. Everybody asks, why would Hashem listen to the tefillos? What are they davening for? They're davening to overthrow Moshe and Aaron. Hashem is the one who appointed Moshe and Aaron. So why did Moshe have to tell Hashem to listen to their tefillos? What are they davening for? They're davening that they should overthrow Moshe and Aaron. So Moshe didn't, tell, didn't have to tell Hashem not to listen. Of course Hashem would not listen. And Hashem say, Moshe understood that tefillah is so strong that even if you daven for the wrong thing but you daven with a lot of kavana, Hashem could listen so Hashem said um, Moshe asked a special request do not listen to that tefillah guys if you're davening for the right thing if you're davening for the wrong thing Moshe Rabbeinu had to daven that Hashem should listen to the tefillah imagine the kayach if somebody dominates for the right thing.
What a lesson. Okay, here is my big question. I looked for a bunch of truths, and today I didn't see anything that really answered the question. So he says the following. Separate yourself, Moshe and Aaron, separate yourself from this gathering, and I am going to destroy them in a second. And they fell on their face. Hashem, the God of all the Ruchos. One man will sin, and on the whole on the whole group, you're going to get angry? For the one man? Says Rashi. Hashem said to Moshe and Aaron, You're saying good. I know who in his heart is sinning and who is not sinning. How do you understand this Rashi? Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you're right. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Hashem, listen, you're going to punish them all for one guy? Hashem says, you know what? You're right. I know I know which guys are sinning and which guys are not sinning. Moshe Rabbeinu have to tell it to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu have to tell Hashem, you're going to punish them all for one guy? And Hashem's like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't do that. That doesn't make sense. Hashem knew that. What? I know who's who, who's in the, who didn't. So to you, it looks like everybody's all all, uh, all innocent over here. But I know that. But it doesn't say Avon. You, know, you can't just stick in a word to Rashi. You can't just stick in a word to Rashi. What? Don't destroy Klayisrael. Yeah, but here Hashem is answering, not what he answered by the, by the Egel. Here HaKadosh Baruch Hu, according to Rashi, right? Hashem is answering, You know, you said good. I know who sinned, who didn't sin. Hashem said, you said good. What do you mean? And if he wouldn't have said anything? So, so, so Hashem didn't know? Like, what, what does it mean? It's very hard, Rashi, to understand what's going on over here. Hey, listen, whoever's listening, you have to look it up. I looked at it a few Svarim today. I didn't find it. I didn't, I didn't look at the Chidah yet, a few other Svarim. Well, what's going on over here? So I saw, it doesn't really answer my question, but I saw one of the Mephoshim was saying that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to Hashem, it's not taiva. It's not meat or women or drinking. It's not taiva. So like, why would you kill them all? They, they were, they were, they were, Karach was a great speaker and he talked them into this. So, so, it's, it's not like they had a taiva to do an Avera. So, Kosh Baruch Hu said, I know who was talked into it and who really wanted it. That's, that's what I just want to say for today. Answering this question. Moshe Rabbeinu said, because Moshe Rabbeinu used a very funny word. He said the word basar. He um, he said the, the God of the Ruchash Lachol Basar it's a very weird so the, the first was saying he was saying they're Basar Vadam they're human beings so it's not really their fault Karach talked them into it so Hashem said you know what you talk good you talk good they didn't really want to do it they were talked into it so I know who really wanted to in other words if I want to do something wrong and then you get up 
and you just give me a little talk and I'm, I'm ready to do it. So I really wanted to do it wrong. But if I, sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to do it. And you're so good at it, right? You're so good at, at as a speaker that you sort of, um, what's the word I'm using? You know, that when you turn, when you turn someone's head by talking to them. Not blackmail, it's a different word. What? No, what do they always call when I used to talk to my non from kids and tell them that you're, that you're, that you're, that you should keep Shabbos, the parents came and said, you are, what? No. Brainwashed, right. You brainwashed my child. So maybe what's going on over here is, right? So, so he had all these followers. So Moshe Abeno said, but they're not really all followers. Some of them got brainwashed. Hashem said, I know which ones wanted to do this. They always hated you and they always wanted to get rid of you. So they jumped on the bandwagon. And I know, so you said good. Even though, you see, they're all, they're all together. So they all deserve it, right? Rosh Hashem was saying, no, they don't all deserve it, Hashem. Some of them got brainwashed. Karach was a, was a fantastic orator. He was a great speaker. So these guys really didn't want like Om Ben Pelot. They didn't really want to do bad, but he talked them into it. But then there's a group of guys that just need a little talk. They, they, I hate you. Oh, we, we have a chance to knock them down. Boom. Right, my little Zumba thing. I said the little that one class of Zumba, and 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 what's his name was was on me like 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 white on rice. You know the the what's it called the failed Messiah. So it's not like like he listened the failed Messiah. Like he, I know it's not like he listened to it and he went over it and it bothered him. The failed Messiah was always looking for something to, to go against rabbis. So it's not like so 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 he got he got something he found something. So here, there were guys that just needed a Korach so they could jump on what they really wanted to do. And then there were guys like Oman Pelas, who were just this guy was talking like sense and it made a lot of sense and he was a good orator. So Kush Baruch what Rashi said, Hashem said, you know what? Yafot Amarta, even though they all deserve it because they were all together to do the wrong. But the said, since I'm God, I know which guys really didn't want to do it, but this guy got, got him to do it and which guys really would have done it anyway. That's my understanding of the, of the answer that I saw today. I think it's a pretty good answer. But if anyone saw anything else, that's it. Because otherwise, what's Rashi saying? Oh, Moshe had to tell Yofalamat, oh, thank you for your information, Moshe. Now I'll, now I'll listen to you. It doesn't make any sense. Hashem knows it without him telling him. Okay, that's uh, just a, just a thought. Then, we go weiter. It's just hard to understand. So listen to what happens. So the earth opens up, and it swallows everybody, right? It says that it was like a mouth. And when Moshe Rabbeinu said it's not going to be an earthquake, this is beautiful, I just saw it in one of the Mepharshim. In, 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 in normal, when the earth opens up, is a volcano. So when earth opens up, fascinating, I just, what, what safer did I see it in? I saw it, oh, I saw it in here. I saw it in, um, Aznaya Matayra. Aznaya Matayra says, it's fascinating that the Chachamah said this, that when the earth opens up, so there's lava, smoke, geyser, Anytime the earth opens up to the core, right, you'll either have lava coming out of a volcano, or in Saratoga you'll have hot springs. Something's gonna come out of the mouth, that, what opens up. Here, nothing came out. It was like a mouth that just opened and swallowed. Nothing came out. So Moshe Rabbeinu said it's gonna be a creation that was never in the world before. Because, because everything else, when the earth opens up, something comes out. Here, it just swallowed up. So it swallows up, you're standing there, you're watching this whole thing go down, it swallows up, Everybody that was involved. Fire comes out of Shemayim, kills all 250 guys that are holding the, their copper katarus. Okay? So this is like a, a crazy display. Earth opens up, swallows people, fire coming out of Shemayim, 
straight in, and, and it says that the fire was, I guess maybe more like a spiritual, whatever. It burnt their insides, fried them inside, not outside. The body was whole. It hit the white lightning. Lightning, the body's whole, but fried them inside. Their, their, their blood, their, if lightning hits you, the, the, the electricity boils your blood. So it's like, no, you don't turn, no, you don't turn it to ash, no. So, so here, they have this unbelievable scene of HaKadosh Baruch Hu standing up for Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Okay, at this point I'm like, Moshe, you're the leader, Aaron, you're the Gadol, I'm out of here, everything's good, let's go for lunch, lead us, lead us to the promised land. It's, it's unbelievable. The next day, the next day, they're complaining to Moshe and Aaron, "Atam hamisimus am Hashem, you murderers!" But ye be kahel or edel Moshe and Aaron, we yifnu lo moivi nixo anu yerekod Hashem. Once again, Hashem had to show up to scare the Jews away, but they were ready to take on Moshe and Aaron. A day after, the earth opened up and everybody died. It's crazy. After everything else, I'd be scared. We'd all be scared, right? There was a certain hatred that Klai This, this was the um. So this was, this is, this was the, the Erev It says that when Moshe Rabbeinu died, they did not mourn the same way they mourned for Aaron coming. There's a price to pay to be a leader. And, and this is something that I spoke about last week and I, I, I think it's essential and I think that we need to knock it into our heads. Unconditional love means that I do the right thing even if you don't like me. At the end of the day, conditional love means I only do things for you so that you'll love me. The whole twisted parenting of giving your child whatever they want is not unconditional love. That's conditional love. Because if I told these parents you're going to buy your child a tray for burger and a chazer tray frank and you're going to make the bed for the kid to sleep with his guy and you're going to buy the pot and the drugs for him to smoke and you're going to take him to the movie and you're going to buy your daughter the pants and the jeans but I'm telling you right now they will hate you as much afterwards as they did before you would never do it that's <laughs> what I gain so the only reason in twisted purity, the only reason that you're giving your kid everything they want is because you want them to love you. And you want them to talk to you. If you knew for sure that I'm going to give her a franc and she's going to say, I still hate you and blank you and curse you, you would never buy her the, why am I buying her the franc? I'm only buying her the franc, the trade of franc, so you should love me and talk to me. It's conditional love. On uh, the condition that you love me and you talk to me and you're, and, and, and you're nice to me. It's not unconditional love. Unconditional love with Moshe Rabbeinu. Unconditional love was Kalev in last week's parsha, getting up and saying, the land is beautiful, and the land it can be conquered, and let's go to Eretz Yisrael, and Klai will try to kill him. That's unconditional love to Hashem. He knew that the other ten Meraglim were saying you shouldn't go back. He knew the Jews didn't want to go. He knew that he was going to get up there and say something that's not popular. And they tried to try to kill Kalev and Yoshua until Hashem showed up again at the Ohel Moed. But he got up and he said it knowing that the Jews are going to hate him and he's not going to be popular. That's unconditional love because he tried to save Klai Yisrael. And it didn't work. 
and Pinchas ben Elazar coming up in two weeks, got up, killed Zimri, killed Gosby in the middle of Shevet Shimon, and what did they say to him? You, your father, your where you come from, stuffed animals for Avodah Zarah. Paiti, what's the word that they use here in Rashi? You're a, you're an animal stuffer for Avodah Zarah. Who do you think you are to take on a Nasi of Shevet Shimon? And it says if it wasn't for an amazing miracle, they would have murdered him on the spot. He knew it was not a popular move to kill Zimri. He knew that he would be hated for it. It's not about being popular. It's not about being loved. It's about doing the right thing. And sometimes doing the right thing doesn't make you popular. And saying the right thing makes you very unpopular. But if you really love God, it's not about being popular. And if you really love your children, it's not about them loving you. It's about you loving them. And the way to love them is to do whatever is right. Even if they don't like it. For some, for some reason when kids are sick, parents have no problem stuffing medicine down their mouth. You're a little kid holding their nose and opening their mouth and the kid's spitting it in your face. You have no problem. The kid looks at you with those eyes like, are you nuts? Are you my parents? What is this? Concentration camp? What are you doing to me? And the answer is, I know. Even though at this moment you don't like me, in two hours your fever will be gone. And it's good for you. And you may never like me. It's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. And you see, through all these parashas, through all these parashas, Moshe Rabbeinu knew that it wasn't popular what he was doing. But he had no choice. This is what had to be done. And Klaishal hated him. The next day, they didn't give him a day. Hashem put on a fireworks display. He swallowed up Hack. He swallowed him up. He killed them. And the next day, they were on Moshe Rabbeinu. He was never liked. He tells him this week's Pasha, what do you want from me? I never took a donkey from you. I never took a donation. I never used a, a car, you know, from the shul, from the community. What do you guys want from me? I never took anything. All I did my whole life was give to you. Kleistrel, even when he died, didn't give him the respect. And Hashem said, in the end, by Moshe Rabbeinu when he died, there was no big eulogy. Wasn't Moshe was a tzaddik? Moshe was a leader. Moshe was uh, did that did that brought down the Torah. Moshe was in Shemayim for forty days and in, in, in with the angels. The pasuk says, "Vayamas Moshe ki eved Hashem." It an eved doesn't do what's popular. And ever does what the king needs. Not so popular to do the toilets. Doesn't make everyone love you sometimes when you close the door and say the king can't see anyone. What do you mean? I have an appointment. Ever does what the king wants him to do. Not always a popular job. Other people do the, you know, they want to be popular. I should be able to say anything. I read you the plastic. Never got to thank you in the whole Torah. Christ, well, he saved them so many times, including this week. Right? So many times they never said, thank you for stopping the, the plague. Thank you for taking us out of Mitzrayim. Nothing. Never a thank you in the whole Torah. 
over. Bnei Yisrael Hascharim, the men. Abu Ba'aram Yitach Shahayu Raidiv Shalom and Isha Shalom Ben Ishlariyu Ben Ishlabala Nama Kobes Yisrael. Sacharim Unikayvus. My Moshe Ben only says the men. By Aaron it says the men and the women because he did Shalom bias between them. And this is it. This is the whole thing. By Yamal Shom Moshe, Moshe died there, Ebed Hashem. Zehu. Two words. It was in Ebed Hashem. That is, boys, the biggest compliment that a person could ever get in their life. If you're an Eved Hashem, it's not about being popular. When Eved Hashem does what he has to do, even when it's the most unpopular thing that's possible. A person who really loves his children, a Rebbe who really loves his Talmidim, it's not about everyone walking around and saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's about doing the best that he can. And sometimes... The kid may never talk to you for the rest of their life. He doesn't even know what you did for him. I think the greatest things I've ever done for people, those people don't talk to me today. If they would know what happened behind the scenes, they would hug and kiss me, but it's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's not about being popular. Yeah, so sometimes you got to get up. You know, I, I said many years ago, I read it from a medrash. It wasn't my words. And I knew I'd get it over the head. That, you know, when they had, when we had that hurricane, so there's a Beferishim, Medrishim, Pashas, Noach, that says flood comes from homosexuality. It's fluid, it's liquid, it comes from all this Zima and Zera, Lavatala. And I read it from inside. And oh, I knew it wasn't going to be popular. I knew everybody would be very upset about it. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you have the right to say that? And I said to them, I said, I read a Medrish. You got a problem? Right to the Medrish. I know it would be popular. My friends are like, why'd you say that? You knew it wouldn't be popular. It's not about being popular. That's not, that doesn't mean you love, that doesn't mean you love Hashem. Sometimes you gotta say stuff that people don't like. And that's the best. When you do that, you can turn to Hashem and say, I did this for you, Hashem, because they're gonna hate me for it. Oh, what a feeling. When, when, when people like you because of, you give good shirim and they love you, so, so, so that's, you, you didn't sacrifice anything. You, there's no serious nefesh. It's like, wow! He said what we like to hear. When you say what you, what you, what you don't want to hear, right? And you're like, these people are not going to like me. But you know what? The doctor that pops in the dislocated shoulder, it hurts like, oh heck, man. You see stars. But afterwards, you can move your arm. So, you'd rather have a nice guy from, you know, a nice, you have, you know, a nice guy from Atala who says, oh, I don't want to do that. It's going to hurt you. And you walk around with your hand hanging, or have a tough guy that pops back in. Oh, Atala's not going to pop your shoulders in, but whatever, the doctor. Sometimes, sometimes it hurts. So yes, so real love is sometimes not being popular. And sometimes telling your kid, she can't do this, because there are rules. The world is created with rules. Got to breathe, there's gravity, there's certain rules. Hashem created the natural world with many different rules. There's different rules, what causes rain, causes clouds. The whole world is created, has rules, created with rules. Anything outside the rules is a miracle, is a nace. Now, there are rules. His world has rules. Our home has rules. Our body has rules. And by me letting you get away with those rules, I'm hurting you. And that's why I have a problem with twisted parenting. It's just not, we see in the Torah, Hashem didn't bring us back. He said, He said, there will become a time, I'll take you back home. 
Right now you're in Golos. You threw us out. Threw us out two thousand years ago. We're out of the house. We didn't deserve it. We didn't belong there. But he said, "I'll take you back. I love you. The door's open. You got it. You got it. Let's get, let's get back to where we need it to bring Mashiach. The door's open. I love you guys. You. I didn't throw you out. You threw yourselves out. But in the end of the day, Hashem, Hashem, yes, one hundred percent. I believe in that very much, and I believe you need to love your children. I believe you need to take them out to eat, and you should buy them kosher food, not not non kosher francs. Buy them the best kosher food, and take them out, and give them the best time, but not a virus, not a virus. You know, even a baseball game, whatever. If it's depends where you're sitting, whatever. But you know, it used to be hockey and basketball. You can't go there. It's crazy. There's these dancers, and they wanted to make schmutz and everything. And even in sports, they won't let a Jewish kid come because. You have to have schmutz in the middle of the game, and the middle—it's crazy. Baseball doesn't have that still. I'm saying whatever, but give your give your kid time. I never said you shouldn't give your kid time, but don't don't take him into Gehenna. Actually, most kids are not going to go to Gehenna. They learn Torah. They're going to end up in Gilgal, some tree somewhere. Who needs them in a tree? You want a kid in a tree? So we need. What do you need it for? No, it's very scary. The whole Gilgal thing is very scary. And and the answer is, after learning a whole Shabbos, Hashem's not punishing us. It's we're punishing us. So I didn't do this. You're doing this, and yeah, your suit's dirty. You got to go to the cleaners. No way around it. What are you going to do? Rip up the, sh- the suit and burn it? Like, what are you going to do? You take it to the cleaners. Now you can wear it. Imagine your suit with a imagine your suit with a living being. Okay, your suit is a living being, and it's dirty. And all your suits in the in your closet, right? They're all talking to each other. It's like, which suit is he going to take to the wedding tonight's a big fancy wedding in the Waldorf. I want to be the suit. I want to be. I want to see. Everyone wants to be the suit. Like uh, I want to be in the Waldorf. We can see all the other suits. You know, we can chill with all the other suits. Let's do a live thing, right? But that suit that wants to be by the wedding, the week before, the, the guy was eating and he bit into a peach and all the juice came all over his suit and he's got stains all over the suit. And he opens up the closet two days before the wedding. He's making a wedding for his son in the Waldorf and he opens up the closet. And he, he looks at the suit, he goes, my double breasted suit, I just I lost a lot of weight. I fit into it and the suit's like, oh me, 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 me. And he looks at it, he goes, ah, oh my god, it's all stained. Can't wear it. Oh please, please. Can't wear it, it's stained. And he starts looking at the other suits, and the suit's like, help! And his wife's like, how come you're not wearing that beautiful suit I bought you that you fit into? He goes, I wore it Shabbos, I got it full of stains. She goes, no problem, I'll take it to the cleaners. What are you so happy about? Chemicals. Then you went to that machine spinning at 100 miles an hour. Then they put you on the presser, 200 degrees, squish, squish. They put you on a hanger, they put plastic on you. What are you so excited about? What do you mean I'm so excited about? I'm going to the wedding. How am I going to the wedding? I went to the cleaners. And when he puts on that suit, suit's like, yes. And when he comes into the wedding and all the other suits are there, he's like, Look what my master is wearing. And all the other suits in the closet like, I wish there were no cleaners. Then he'd be stuck and he wouldn't be able to go and I would have been able to go. Probably the best marshal I ever heard about going to the other world and going to Gehenna. Kishboch wants you at the wedding. The Shama has dirt on it if it did sins. It can't go. Hashem said, no, you could go. I'm going to put you in the cleaners. We're going to clean you up. You're going to be with all the tzaddikim. You're going to be next to me. 
Yes, says the Neshama. I can get to you. I can go. I just have to go to the cleaners. Let's do it. Whatever it is, let's do it. I can leave at the wedding. I can leave with all the other Neshamas. Thank God there's a place to clean up because if there was no place to clean up, I'd be sitting in the closet forever, never ever getting to the wedding. What a crazy marshal. You know when I when, you know when I heard that marshal? Right now. I just made this up on the spot. I promise you. That's in your schus, everyone who's watching. I never had such a marshal, it's probably the best marshal I ever had in my life. It just just as I'm talking and I'm talking about because on Shabbos when I was looking at this it was bother, it was bothering me it was bothering me it doesn't say the word Gehenna in the whole Torah just going down the Shaol Rashi said it doesn't say the word Gehenna in the whole Torah it's not what Hashem wants it's not it's about it's not about now that we're doing the marshal and it's coming in I'll just finish with this when you go to the store and you buy the suit you don't talk about when the suit gets dirty, I'm taking it to the cleaners. It says inside, dry cleaning only. But it has nothing to do with buying the suit. You buy the suit because it's beautiful. The dry cleaning only is only if it gets dirty. But it has nothing to do with the suit. It has to do with how to clean the suit. The Torah is talking to the Neshama. The Torah is talking about the Neshama. It's not going to talk about Gehenna. Gehenna is the cleaners. If you need it, there's a place to clean it. The Torah is talking about the suit. And the beauty of the six, six out of 13 minutes. And the beauty of being a Jew. So the Torah doesn't mention the word Gehenna. The salesman doesn't come over to you and say, Hey, Zach, Chai Wallstein, listen, I got this great suit for you. And it goes to the cleaners. He doesn't say that. It says here in the little thing, dry clean only. But the salesman never talks about dry clean only. Because it's about the suit. You know what? Well, I love the suit. Um, well, also dry clean oil. Oh, I think I'll buy it. We all know the suit is dry clean oil. That's what you talk about. So the Torah talks about the beauty of the suit that you're going to wear. You know, have a, doesn't talk about the dry cleaning. If you got it dirty, so there's a little single thing inside. You'll learn about it. You know, if you want to learn about it, it says dry clean only. If you have to, you'll end up there and you'll end up cleaning it up or whatever it is. That's not coming from a punishment. You're not punishing your suit. When you take it to the cleaners, you would be an idiot if you would say that. Anyone that would get up in this room and say, Rabbi Wallstein, every time you take your clean, your, your suit to the cleaners, you're punishing it. I'm like, are you, is, are you psycho? Like, what are you talking about? I'm punishing my suit? I am cleaning my suit. Maybe in twisted appearing thing, that would be punishing. I don't know. Oh, you're dirty? It's okay. Let's make you more dirty. You want to get more dirty suit? Let's take ice cream. Let's put on, let's spray some spray paint on there. How are you feeling? Now you feeling good? I don't know. Twisted parenting of a soup might be different than, than parenting of a soup, right? But, but seriously, it's, it, you're punishing the soup just the opposite. And if you have to, ta- you have to tailor it a little bit, and you have to sew it a little bit, and make it look nice a little bit, and make cuffs on the bottom, that's what this world is all about. And that's why I think the Torah doesn't use the word Gehenna. It's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's not what, it's not what Judaism is about. All these guys who were busy in, 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 in this stupid footsteps of talking about Gehenna. It's not what it's about. It doesn't say the word. Open up a chumash. You're not going to find it. That's what it's about. You try clean it. You try clean it. Yeah. That's not what this whole world's about. This world's about the suit. That's what it's about. May we all be said that Hashem, we will come back home the Karayv. Thank you very much. Good. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.